It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host, also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Special show for you today with me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory, as always, and two special guests, Medicare experts, Ted Foster and Craig Weicker. That's right. Medicare open enrollment is upon us again, and we are excited to uh, welcome you guys into the studio. Craig Weicker and Ted Foster, they're both uh, insurance advisors and Medicare specialists. They're here to help us break down the confusing Medicare system. We're going to cover the basics and the trends to help you make a great Medicare decision in your life. Right when you want it to be easy it is as complicated as they can possibly make it. We're going to try and simplify it for you today. Finishing the show, we got a bunch of questions from fans of the show. You can leave a question and engage with the show a couple different ways. Online, find us at wisemoneyshow.com. Submit a question right there on the right. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And honestly, most of the engagement comes on social media. Submit questions. And that's the YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Just search Wise Money Show and engage with the show that way and submit questions there as well. All right. Welcome back, Ted. And uh, Craig, we are glad to have you on the show. It's the first time we're having you. So Craig Weicker has been on the KFG team now for a couple years um, working as as a health insurance Medicare expert. But you've been in the community forever. And uh, and owned a business and so on, and we're glad to have you. So I'm glad to have your expertise on the show. Thank you. Uh, all right, so let's start with the foundation. And and Ted, your very first show here with us at KFG six years ago on the Wise Money Show, you you said something that still w- sticks with me today, and that is, well, when you're trying to understand the bas- basics of Medicare, you first got to start with the plans and or the parts, and then you go to the plans. So let's start with the parts, parts of Medicare. Sure. Part A, mostly that's your hospital expenses. Part B, typically that's your doctor expenses and tests. Part C are the Medicare Advantage plans, where you opt out of Medicare and buy a plan directly from an insurance company. And Part D is the prescription drug plans, the one that makes sense, D for drugs. D for drug. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so let's dive a little bit deeper in either one of you. I mean, so Part A, you said that's hospital. So what's the cost? What's the out-of-pocket cost? When does someone enroll? Um, yeah, so some of the details with Part A. Well, Part A is entitled. You're okay. entitled to Part A because of working during your career yep. and paying that Medicare tax, and okay. now you're entitled to it. Okay. So you're already paid up, and they're not going to hit you with an, a new bill then, you're saying? That's correct. So, so but is, it, is, it, is there an extra cost in retirement? There is not. Uh, there is always the possibility, if you didn't work enough quarters during your working lifetime, that you would have to pay some or all of the cost of A, but that is rare. Uh, hardly ever do we find anybody that pays anything for Part A. So what what would that cost be, and how, and how much does someone need to work? And, and not to, not to give you cost B with Part B. I'm um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> what is the cost for Part A? Excuse me there. So 
it's expensive if you have to pay for it. It's over $700 a month. Wow. And so, as I said, though, very rare. Typically, it's not. It's someone that has not lived in this country throughout their working lifetime. Uh-huh. Or maybe you never had a job and never were married, because if you're married, your spouse is working, will we'll pay yours. So it's it's rare. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm impressed that both of you avoided the temptation to call Part A free. And maybe oh, yeah. maybe Kevin Corhorn yeah. coached you up or <laughs> something because <laughs> anytime we call anything free around here, he's quick to remind us it's not free. Not Someone's free. paying for that, that's right? right? That's, that's right. right. And this one we paid for throughout yeah. our working life. That's right. right. Okay. So, and what about what about enrollment? Is that automatic? I mean, Craig, you mentioned it's it's an entitlement, but for working, right? But so is it is enrollment automatic? And at, and at what age? When you enroll in. Medicare at age 65, that is the initial enrollment of the Part A. Part B is something you elect to do. You don't necessarily have to begin with A and B. Okay, we'll get into that in just a second. If you are, so as soon as you're 65, if you're on Social Security, you're automatically enrolled in Part A. That's correct. Okay, all right. And if you're if you're not on Social Security, what do you do with Part A? Here's this is a mystery. This remains somewhat of a mystery to me. Yeah, people will come in that have not contacted Social Security, do not draw Social Security, and have Part A. And I'm huh. like, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, Big Brother was watching. Yeah, yes. looking out for them. Maybe, Typically, huh? though, I say to people, until you start drawing Social Security, they don't know who you are yet. You would think you've sent them hundreds of thousands of dollars, they'd know you, but they kind of don't know who you are until you contact them. So might as well get A yeah. going in. Uh, no no harm, no foul. Uh, may or may not save you a nickel somewhere along the way, but why not get it? Got it. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Part B then. So, so cost of Part B, when do you enroll, how do you enroll, that sort of thing. Cost for Part B this year is one forty four sixty per month. Uh, that's the base cost. That can be higher if your income is higher. Uh, ooh, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it's about one hundred and seventy thousand for a household income of, for a couple, and eighty five thousand for a single. Somewhere somewhere in there. If it's higher than that, then you're going to pay more for Part B. Um, so you will want to have Part B if you are self employed. If you are on a, work for a company with fewer than 20 employees, you do not need Part B if you're on a group health plan with more than 20 employees. So you're talking about people who are over age 65, but they're still working, still covered by a plan at work. You don't have to add this extra coverage because it, you know essentially your, your, your work coverage is giving you everything that you need. You don't have to pay this extra $144 a month in that situation. That's correct, yes. Okay. All right. Um, I, what about increases to, co- to to the cost for Part B? How do we project that out? So, <laughs> so here's uh, we don't, <laughs> but but we but you can add a percentage if you choose. Here's how here's how that works. So it's one forty four sixty this year. You're drawing Social Security. They can only raise that one forty four sixty if they give you a raise in your Social Security income. If they don't raise your Social Security, they cannot raise the Part B cost. The challenge to that is that doesn't mean it disappeared. That means it's deferred until somewhere down the road when you get a raise in Social Security. So it may have had one, two, three, maybe 
four increases since you got a raise in Social Security. Mm-hmm. So when you now get your raise in Social Security, you'll need to catch up. Is hmm. it is it safe to say any increase this from from this point forward in Social Security will equal the increase you're going to have to pay in Medicare? I mean, is, would that almost no. be a safe? Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to let you have oh, that. Oh, okay. No. I, I know what you're thinking. I know okay. what you're going, but I'm not going to let you have that. For example, this last time, you know, we got it. We got an increase that was greater than the increase in Social Security. The the Part B, the increase in Part B. Sorry, the Part B increase only went up a few dollars. But if you had a reasonably priced Social Security check, it was more than that. Okay, good. So, so this last go round caught people up that had not been caught up for several years. They were still back at the hundred and twenty-one dollars or the hundred and eighteen dollars, mm-hmm. and so now they're almost everyone is on the one forty-four sixty. Got mm-hmm. it. That's interesting. It. And by the way, so we, we the, the Wise Money Show is about financial planning and having wise financial principles. And we talk about the five-factor retirement plan that you need to go through to figure out where are you today and then what path you need to be on to reach your, you know, the ideal, optimal financial future that you envision. And so you absolutely need to include health insurance as part of that future cost. And you've got to include inflation. Now, to us, we inflate Medicare costs at a higher rate than maybe what's been historically in place just because we want to hedge. And right now, health insurance costs are rising. So got a lot more to hit Part D and, and different plans. So we got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you make a great decision with your most important health insurance decision of your life? And that's right. How do you choose Medicare? What parts, what plans, what approach do you take? That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, as always, and then two health insurance experts on the KFG team, Ted Foster, Craig Weicker. We're blessed to have them with us today. If you've missed anything so far or want to catch up on previous episodes, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcasts. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Just search Wise Money Show and subscribe to it. And wherever you're listening, I would encourage you to rate the show as well. Leave comments. We appreciate that. Okay, so we're going through the different parts of Medicare before we touch on plans and how you all package this together. A uh, couple follow-up questions on Part B before we get into Part D, right, Josh? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some important concepts here, I think. And as you know, I mean, this is a show about financial planning. And so we dive into some of these nitty-gritty type detailed topics sometimes. But sometimes it's good to zoom back out and say, okay, how does this issue um, affect other areas of someone's financial life and, and vice versa? And we were just talking about the Part B which, you know, if, if you think of your insurance structure when you get into retirement as being kind of multi-layered, where there's, I'm going to say it, the, the free option or ah. the free portion, which is your Part A coverage. You don't pay for that or the you all, already paid all, for the it. already paid portion. There you go. That's a better way to say it. Right. You've got Part B, which is going to cost you something out of, out of pocket or out of your income in real time every single month. month. Monthly basis. That's right. Um, and then you've got Medicare supplements, which we're going to get into, and then a Part D. So there's these, these layers. But that Part B one, 
it's kind of, in a sense, means tested, right? I mean, it, it depends on what your income level is when we're trying to determine how much you're going to pay each month. We mm -hmm. said in the last segment that it's 144 bucks per month for most people, yep. right? Uh, so, so first question, real quick, Craig, is well, how do people pay that hundred and forty-four dollars? Um, you know, is is it a, a bill that shows up in their mailbox? How how is that logistically handled? So, if you're drawing Social Security, they will take that out of your Social Security check. Yeah. Okay. If Automatically. Not, correct. If you're in, and that would be on a monthly basis. Uh -huh. If you're not drawing Social Security, they're going to send you a bill quarterly. Got quarterly. Got That's it. right. And, and so here's the potential trap that sometimes we see in, from a financial planning perspective. If, if that $144 amount is dependent upon your income, what happens if your income drifts too high? Or maybe it spikes suddenly in, in one year because you sold some property or you got a major bonus or, or something suddenly drives your income up. And, and all of a sudden, you could be jumping into a higher threshold where it's not $144 that they're automatically pulling out of your Social Security. It's something bigger. Is there anything that people can do in a, in a circumstance like that um, to avoid maybe the, the potential folly of stumbling into this, this problem? Okay, so I always remember this, for starters. Uh, their Social Security is going to look two years back. So they're going to look at your tax return from two years ago. So in 2020, they're looking at 2018. And they're saying, how much was your income that year? And then they're going to determine, oh, you're over the threshold, you'll have to pay a surcharge, you have to pay more for Medicare B. And they, let's not forget to add, they also add that surcharge to your Part D. So you get uh, both of those getting raised. Good point. Um, and so, so that's going to happen unless it was a one-time event and you file an, an appeal to Social Security and say, look, this is what happened, and it, I'm never going to have that income again, probably, and, and I haven't ever had it before. Can I have an exception? Mm -hmm. Those are not terribly difficult to get. There's a form on the Social Security website, and you go there, and you get the form, you fill it out, submit it. Um, typically, if it is a one-time spike, they're going to let you out, let you off the hook on that mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. surcharge you. But if you, but if it has the chance of happening again, and you think it's you, you can just argue your case. They, yeah, I, I've seen some where it's like, yeah, I think this could go either way. Where no, they 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 enforce it. Yeah, you know, this mm -hmm. is also a place where your insurance advisor and your certified financial planner need to be collaborating, right? Because remember, they're looking at your tax return to determine what level of income uh, they're going to measure against to see how much you should be paying for this, this monthly bill. Well, there are some things that you could be doing potentially to help kind of artificially squeeze that income down and hold yourself below that, that income threshold. So this is, this is maybe one of those crossroads where your tax planning and your insurance decision-making, um, they kind of come together and you need to consider both angles when you're making this choice. You know, and that's a great point, Josh. I call, I call our tax department with questions for people, I don't know, three, four times a week. Yeah. People mm -hmm. will call and say, Ted, what's this going to be like? And I'll call over our tax department and say, you know, this is really a tax question. Help me out. And then I get an answer back. And yeah. so we always work together on that. All right. So let's talk about Part D then. You mentioned that it's also subject to that surcharge there. But, but you know, when do you enroll in Part D? 
and, uh, and you know what's a typical cost and is sort of like Medicare Part B is it just one one part or are there multiple choices with Part D how's that work so no yeah <laughs> so Part D is the drug plans and, and there's around 21 or 22 of those in this county um, and, and it's kind of about the same number in Michigan so we've got about 20 choices we're going to make on what drug plan should we own. And we're gonna make that decision based on what prescriptions do you take? Not do we like this company or do we like that company or is this one cheaper than that one on premium? We wanna know what the total cost is. We wanna know the premium added to what you're gonna pay when you fill your prescriptions at the pharmacy. Hmm. So that is how we decided. And Craig and I both go through the same process on that. Look at all your drugs, key them in. We usually use medicare.gov. There's another, we hopefully have a better system this year. But so far, it's going to be Medicare.gov until it comes mm -hmm. out. And uh, we put them in, and it says, so the best plan for you is this one. And unless they're – once in a while, we'll have a plan that maybe is under sanction. Uh, they've done something wrong, and, and so we you know, we don't want to put our clients with them, so we have to make that decision. But typically, it's, a, it's just a money decision. You know, uh, I've watched you guys walk clients through that process, and not to turn this into some sort of infomercial on how to really, truly uh, shop for the right right policy, but, I mean, you, you've explained, and you just did, that it's what prescriptions are you taking, where are you living. Isn't it also what pharmacy you prefer to go That's to, correct. even? That's correct. We, we look at it as just a shopping experience. We're, we're like uh, personal shoppers, if you will, and you just need <laughs> like to tell that. me what, what's important to you. Well, certainly the prescriptions that you take are important to you, um, but where you get those prescriptions filled may or may not have a high priority for you. Yeah. You may think, hey, if I can save $3 in a calendar year, I'll go wherever I need to go. You may also say, I don't care if it costs me an extra $30 a month. I need to go to Tom's Pharmacy. I hope yeah. there's not a Tom's out there. I'm not trying to endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we just kind of tailor that shopping for them. And we look at this as a um, like a coupon card, if you will. And, it, hmm. and all we're worried about beginning October 15th is 2021's coupon card. Yeah. Okay. And mm. and it's a one year commitment, so we want to do that on an annual basis for people. Well, that's an, that's that's a good point, and we're going to get into this more. But I mean, during open enrollment, we're going to talk about what that is here in just a second. But I mean, specifically with the drug plan, your prescriptions could change every year, or at, really at any time. And then um, you know some of these coverages within Part D, those can change from year to year. So it's important that you're talking with your Medicare expert, someone like Ted, someone like Craig, and and talking through on an annual basis, hey, what's changed and am I still using the right plan? So we're gonna go to the next level with that. And how do you package this all together? That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Surprisingly, lots of decisions you've got to make about Part D. We've got a story coming up on why it's so important, so crucial that you have a relationship with a Medicare expert and you're talking with them each and every year. 
regarding Part D. So we got that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, and then special guests, health insurance experts, Ted Foster and Craig Weicker. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, check out the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, like the content as well, and uh, and you can leave you can leave questions there. We get a lot of questions right at the YouTube channel, so check it out right there. Okay, so we're still making our way through the basic parts, and um, and so we're on part D. But you know, Craig, over the break, you were talking about how important it is that you stay connected with your health insurance agent because things change. You had a recent example of that, right? Right. And and talking about how the drug plans are different every year. In fact, we don't get to see what 2020's drug plans are at all until October 1st. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so I had a, um, a lady come in earlier this week who was turning 65 and needed to sign up for Medicare, uh, um, a supplement plan and a drug plan and she brought her husband who's 70 and already has a supplement and a drug plan but he made the comment to me well maybe you can help me with mine and he said you know I don't even take anything and suddenly I'm paying $52 a month for a drug plan and and what had happened is the the uh, he hadn't gone to see anybody about reviewing his drug plan since he began Medicare five years ago, and and the drug plan that he was that he is in has evolved and changed around and is up to fifty two dollars. It just happens to be, um, but he doesn't take any prescriptions. And if he shopped it annually, we he would have been with the same company but in a different plan that would be thirteen dollars and twenty cents. So oh my he's paying forty times twelve four hundred and eighty dollars a year extra for for the privilege to buy the same drug for a dollar a month. Isn't that the risk though? I mean, when it comes to insurance, a lot of people, they'll zoom in on a decision, they'll make that decision, and then it goes completely on autopilot. And before you know it, things have changed. You've drifted off course a little bit. What was once a great decision is no longer really the best. And that's not just health insurance. I mean, that could be your home and auto insurance. It, It could be any area where you just kind of make a decision and then just let it go. So, so staying connected with a professional who can guide you through those changes, I think is, is pretty huge. What a great story. So I, I get these words mixed up every once in a while. So credible or creditable. I, and I, I honestly don't even know which one applies. I know what they, I know the difference between them, but with part D in particular, um, in order, if, if you're already eligible for part D, but you're on a group plan that has drug coverage, it needs to be creditable yes sir and uh, other and if it's not you you better get one right yeah. right. right Ted it's I mean a, it's a crazy it's a crazy rule and and most people that are still employed don't know it don't pay attention to it most employers don't really understand it so they they don't help you with that but here's the thing so if you're on a group health plan that has prescription drugs you're supposed to get a letter each year from your employer that says your group health plan drug benefit is or is not creditable by definition. If it is not creditable, even though you have group health insurance, if it is not creditable, you need to purchase a Part D drug plan. If it is creditable, you won't need to do that. Yeah. So there again, I mean, even if you think, hey, I'm turning 65, 
I'm not, I'm going to delay my Medicare stuff because I'm still working. And so I'll just put that on the back burner. I'll deal with it later. I'd still be, you got to be talking with your certified financial planner. And I tell you, before we had uh, Ted and Craig on our team, my understanding of this was sort of surfacey. And I would have just said, well, I, I mean, you know, talk to an insurance expert. But now we've got them right on our team and we can collaborate together. And when those sorts of things come up, that's, okay, I, I know there's something here. Let's bring, bring an expert into the room. We do that right away. And so you've got to have that sort of team. You've got to have those experts in your corner. All right. So we skipped over. Well, no, let's hit, let's hit plans really quick. So what are, what are Medicare plans? Okay. So, so the plans are, are, are typically, we'll talk about Medicare supplements as the plans, and those are A through N. Um, just to make it simple, uh, they, <laughs> they reuse the alphabet. <laughs> and so so it, it, that just doesn't help. But anyhow, that's why we use Part A, B, C, and D, and plans A through N. Uh, up until a couple years ago, most plans sold, were the, the number one plan was Plan F. Uh, the government passed a law that says no one can entering age, at Medicare at age 65 can purchase a plan with no deductible. In other words, you have to reach in your wallet, pay some medical bills prior to your insurance company paying. Uh, there are still, they left an exception in there. If you're c- retiring, coming off a group plan later than age 65, then you can still buy a plan F if you choose to. Uh, the challenge is the rates have, have kind of escalated out of, out mm-hmm. of the competitive realm. So, so most of the time we use a plan G or a plan N, uh, and, and I've seen a couple other people, agents that used a different option, but you have to decide what fits your situation best. <laughs> best. The Medicare supplements cost more than going with a Medicare Advantage plan, the Part D, and, or I'm saying Part C, but you have to make that decision. Do you want the simplicity, pay the extra money? Or do you want to be manage your plan and save a couple of dollars on premium? Okay, so you've got to make a decision. Anytime there's a financial decision to make, go back a few episodes, you need to have financial wisdom. You need to be applying financial wisdom. So how do you do that? Through the context of all six areas of your financial life intersected together and then having the prof- financial professionals in your life collaborating. It's exactly, I mean, that decision is exactly where Josh and I and our team of certified financial planners at KFG get involved. Well, and and maybe you already made that decision and now you're kind of circling back to it and wondering, ah, was it the right decision? You know, maybe I, I got a Medicare supplement plan, but boy, it's kind of expensive. And, and could I have gone a different route with Medicare Advantage instead? Maybe the exact opposite is your situation. You chose Medicare Advantage and now you want to go the other route. So, so if someone begins to have buyer's remorse or they're just not sure if they used the right decision-making process when they made their pick a year or two ago, mm-hmm. what are their choices? Like, what Are they just locked in forever or do they have some sort of um, you know, options to, to make a switch? Yeah, well, you're not necessarily locked in forever. Um, you know, we, we have a high percentage of our customers elect to go with a supplement plan and then a standalone drug plan. But we, we talk to them about their options of both. And basically you can, you can begin in a supplement at age 65 or when you first begin Medicare without any questions doesn't matter your conditions or anything like that. But if you, uh, once you decide to be in an advantage plan and you 
later think I'm, I'm having that buyer's remorse. Maybe I want to go to the 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 supplement side. Then you have to go through medical underwriting, mm. and there's about thirteen or fourteen questions that any given uh, insurance company is going to ask you. And if you can answer no to all of those, you're probably going to be fine. But if you answer yes to one of those, you're probably not going to be fine. Yeah, mm. I mean, so basically, I would sum it up like this: You have this decision to make, and I'm going to I'm going to consolidate it. We're running out of time, but. Mm-hmm. It, you have a decision to make whether you want to go with part A, B, D, and a supplement, and then what type of or what plans within D and what plan of a supplement, um, or you go with Medicare Part C, where you're paying your Part B rate, but then you're getting other insurance through Medicare Advantage plans, Part C. And there's a big difference. There's a difference in cost. There's a difference in coverage. That's where your certified financial planner needs to be working with your health insurance expert and help you help guide you in that decision. We're going to be breaking that down as well as several questions related to Medicare. That more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Right here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, as well as health insurance experts on the KFG team, Craig Weicker and Ted Foster. If you've missed anything, feel free to check out every episode of The Wise Money Show on podcast or the YouTube channel or at wisemoneyshow.com. If you want to leave comments for the show, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you're at on social media. We are right there as well. Just search The Wise Money Show. Okay, so we're going to transition into questions, lots of different questions. We've gotten these from clients, from fans of the show, um, and some of them are just questions we've thought of as well. So let's just let's just popcorn several questions about Medicare since we've laid the foundation. What are the parts A, B, C, and D? What are the plans within supplements? And then that big choice that you've got to make, I call it the biggest health insurance choice that you're going to make in your lifetime. So my first question is, we're entering open enrollment right now. What what is open enrollment? What are you what are you allowed to do even? I think that phrase open enrollment uh, I don't think a lot of people even know what that means. So when does it start? When does it end? And what do you do during an, during open enrollment? I'm going to let you answer that. Okay. So open enrollment is for your Medicare uh, Part C and Part D. That is, that's it. Uh, Medicare supplements do not have a, quote, open enrollment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can change those throughout the year if you choose to and if you're medically qualified. Uh, so, so take the Medicare supplements out of the open enrollment equation. During open enrollment, you can make a change, almost any change you want to make. You can change your drug plans. You can change from one uh, Medicare Advantage plan to a different Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, you could drop your supplement and purchase a Medicare Advantage with a prescription drug built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the open enrollment, though, is for C and D. For C and D, but you mentioned something there. You could—that's your opportunity to do a a potential redo on that big decision. If you've if you already signed up for 
I would call it traditional Medicare. Sorry, that's my term, not your guys's, but mm-hmm. A, B, D, and a supplement. Yeah. During an open enrollment, you can say, hey, this cost is too much. I'd like to switch over to Medicare Advantage Part C. Correct. Correct. How often does that happen? It happens. Um, I don't know how often, but, it, but I would have said never. No, no, it does happen. Uh, so you so you bought a plan F years ago. I had a gentleman in just this week. We made make that change on. I'll tell you about really? it a little bit. Yeah. So he bought it an F several years ago, and now he's a little older, and the rates have gotten up quite a bit because the Fs are going up kind of rapidly. He cannot medically qualify to get from an F over to a G. Or something, mm-hmm. so it just doesn't qualify. You've got to medically qualify if you're switching your your supplement plan. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like you said, there's no period during the year where you're just guaranteed that you nope. always have to qualify. You're saying that's correct. That's huge. Oh, always. Do I use the word always? No, I don't. <laughs> like I, free. We I don't, don't think. That. I don't think I use that word. <laughs> uh, I would say very rarely. There are a that I know of a couple companies. If you're in their plan, they'll let you drop to the lower price plan. But most of them require underwriting even to stay with their own company in the lower price plan. No kidding. Yep. So you can switch from traditional Medicare supplement, whatever, over to an Advantage plan without medically going through medical underwriting. Correct. One one question. Wow, end, right. end stage renal disease, only question. Correct. Uh, other than that, yes. So, so for this gentleman, he doesn't have too many claims, but he does have some medical conditions. Okay. And so if he's not going to have a lot of claims and if we don't think he's going to have a lot of claims, then it's prob- it, it very probably is a good idea for him. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a hard look at that. Interesting. Okay, so open enrollment for for part C. Okay, well let me ask you this. If you've already if you're already on an advantage plan, mm-hmm. part C, mm-hmm. and in open enrollment you want to switch, do you have to do you switch from one advantage plan to another? Do you have to do medical underwriting? No, sir. Okay. And that's why they call it open. ask that same single question, end stage. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then what about this? I had this question this week when I was kind of talking about this at a high level. Um, The the Medicare Advantage plans, they vary in cost. And if you dive under the hood, that cost varies because there's subsidies from the government. Is that still correct? I mean, that... There's because are there some advantage plans that are no cost? There are some advantage plans that are no cost, and I I'm gonna I'm just gonna make an assumption that the subsidies, as far as that goes, are consistent in all plans. Okay, at least, you know the okay. government's doing okay. the same thing on all of them, but it's the the bells and whistles, if you will, that are added to those plans that result in a different rate of. Got it. So here here's the question that was posed to me. What if the government changes how much they're subsidizing or their mm-hmm. entanglement in the Medicare Part C premiums? Oh, Mike well, is bound and determined to find <laughs> some sort of conspiracy do, theory yeah. here. Yeah. You, like do you recall a few years back when we had a savings of $4 uh, billion from Medicare uh, under a previous administration, and they, they touted the $4 billion savings? Uh, the $4 billion savings is because they didn't give the $4 billion to the insurance companies to for your Medicare yeah. Part C coverage. Yeah. And so what does that result in? Well, that results in higher out-of-pocket costs to the insured, the member, or higher premium to the member. Uh, so is it a savings? No. Is it a 
transfer to the individual? Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. So when does someone need to enroll in Medicare? So, so if you're, and I, I know we hit some of this earlier, but when does someone need to enroll in Medicare? When they're, if they're not working by age 65, but if they're still working, should, and they have group coverage, should they choose to get on Medicare or should they wait? I guess, when, when does someone need to enroll in Medicare? About 90 days before they turn 65. Okay. Get Part A. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, it has already been paid for throughout your working lifetime. Mm-hmm. So why, why not get in the system and know that you have A? Okay. Do you have to? No. If you're on a group health plan with more than 20 employees and your drug plan is creditable, no, I don't need to. If you're on a group health plan that's an HSA and you enjoy contributing mm-hmm. to the HSA, signing up for Part A really messes you up. It does indeed. Yep. Absolutely mm-hmm. does. That's the technical term, messes you messes up. Messes you up. That's, it's, <laughs> yeah. right, it's right in the yeah. guide. To yeah, be nice. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. So that's true. So do you have a lot of people, if you're still working at 65 and you have coverage through work, um, do most people flip-flop and go over to Medicare or do they stay on their group plan? Most people stay on their group plan. Mm-hmm. And I will caution them typically to stay on their group plan. It's kind of a math problem though. Uh, you know, you have to, to, what does my group health plan charge myself or mm-hmm. myself and my spouse for coverage? And what if I would have went to Medicare, what would that cost me? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a math problem. But then the other part of that is prescription drugs. It's really important that if you take a laundry list of prescription drugs and you're on a group health plan, very probably that's a better drug plan than the individual Part D. Yes. Oh, interesting. So we've got to mm-hmm. watch that very closely. Mm-hmm. And if you dropped out, a lot of times you can't go back. Yeah. So I'm very careful there. Okay. So this is a leading question, but I just want to make sure everyone is aware. But, you know, we're talking a lot about Medicare with retirement, connected to retirement, connected to age 65. You can become eligible for Medicare. I'm not talking about Medicare for all, but there's there's two other or a couple other ways or times when you're eligible for Medicare. What are those? So if you become disabled, uh, Social Security disability, so you're drawing Social Security disability for 24 months, you automatically are given Medicare mm-hmm. at that point after mm-hmm. 24 months. And then you'll want to look at probably a Medicare Advantage plan to go along with that. Why, why an Advantage plan? Because you probably can't get a Medicare supplement under age 65. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a few, but not many. More Michigan than Indiana. Okay, that's fascinating. So some, some of you guys know um, my personal situation. My father-in-law is disabled, and uh, my mother-in-law still works. And so after two, this is what an advantage to have folks like Ted and Craig as friends <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, even professional friends like in your corner, because I was able to talk to Ted at the time about this. And, you know, the, I mean, a great bedside manner because you, I mean, when you're dealing with health insurance, you deal with real life and mm-hmm. you've got to be empathetic because people are talking to you and they're going through some hard stuff at times. And so was, was you know, gentle, but then, but then informative. Hey, okay, Mike, you know, he was just uh, on Social Security or just a, just approved for Social Security disability in 24 months. You're going to need to make a decision here uh, about whether he should get on Medicare and blah, blah, blah. But because my mother-in-law was still working, they met with you or, or she and I met with you or we just chat. I can't remember. But um, we 
opted to not go on Medicare for him at the time because it was cheaper or something like that. I can't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but you're going to want to, I guess, if you have someone that is in your household or you know someone that's Social Security disabled, just make sure that they are talking to a health insurance and Medicare expert. I mean, that's the big idea. Right. Yep. There's no clear cut answer Yeah. on any, you know, you need to review everyone's situation individually and let them make the, the best decision for them. That's exactly right. I mean, that that is the message of financial planning, right? Mm-hmm. And and we often think of this whole topic of Medicare and and making health insurance decisions in retirement as, as a crossroads of two different areas of your financial plan. But what about the scenario? So I'm, I'm going to take us to a related topic. If someone retires and they're not 65 yet, so so they're they're not old enough to go off of their group plan that they've enjoyed for years and onto a a government provided plan. They've got some years of gap there maybe. What are their options? What what do you do? How do you address this this health insurance topic for retirement when retirement is early? Yeah. We spend a lot of time on that. We do we do a lot of those. Uh, cuz that's what people are trying to figure out. So I'm I'm 60 financially. I can retire if I choose to, but then a big piece of that is what is it going to cost me for health insurance? So we look at several different options. We'll look at the Affordable Care Act coverage always. Uh, we look at the Christian plans, the different Christian uh, sharing plans that are out there, and and the pluses and minuses of those. Uh, a lot of times we'll look at COBRA because everybody says, oh, COBRA, too expensive. I can't, you know, they don't even want to talk about it hardly. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember you're buying at the average age of all the employees of the group. And so if the average age of your employees at your group is 40 and your age is 62, it might be cheaper than paying full price on the Affordable Care Act. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So we have to, those are the things we have to look at every time. Yes. I, Go ahead. I think what's important for people to know is to not make that assumption based upon what their neighbor had happen or whatever. Everybody's yeah, situation well, yeah. is, is definitely unique. Well, and it's almost, I mean, when you're comparing COBRA, which is a, a type of snake, compared to <laughs> the Affordable Care Act, I think you're just going to assume COBRA is worse for you because they titled it Affordable Care Act. Right. Yeah. They, they should be outlawed from doing such things. Sure, so, yeah, sure. Ted, Craig, thank you guys for being on, sharing some wisdom with us. We're going to have you back. I, I know we will. So, But on behalf of Ted, uh, Foster, Craig Weicker, Josh Gregory, all of us at KFG, that's all the time we have. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.